الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما وسعدوا اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى فأزلهم الشيطان عنها فأخرجهما مما كان فيه وقل اهبطوا بعضكم لبعض عدو ولكم في الأرض مستقر ومتاع إلى حين صدق الله العظيم Respected and honorable elders and youngsters, respected sisters, listeners السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته In a world filled with imperfection in a world filled with error and corruption a question which should always be on our minds a question which we should always be pondering within ourselves on our own spiritual journeys you know there's two type of journeys is a physical journey which one may take walking one may take in a car one may take in a plane like Mufti Adam Saab, right now, he's gone to Palestine. He went on a plane. However, the spiritual journey that a person undertakes in his life, how can we possibly be the best version of ourselves? How can we overcome our own shortcomings, our own trials? How can we, be, how can we possibly be the very best people that we can be? One of the best ways to do this is to take inspiration from the very best. Sometimes to become the best, you have to take from the best. You have to take from the best. Sometimes in school, maybe in maths or English, when the teachers want the children to understand how to do something, they'll show the work of another student, someone who's done something very well. But often what they'll do, they'll show the work of someone who didn't do very well. Not, not to humiliate them, not to show up who is not the cleverest, but to show the students where someone has gone wrong and how they can fix it. For example, there's a maths problem and the teacher is showing the working out. And maybe someone somewhere along the line, a mistake was made, maybe somewhere, maybe unnoticeable. And the teacher shows the class this mistake to help everyone, to help everyone avoid, to help everyone avoid to help everyone avoid making these mistakes in future. And for us, who are these best people? Who are these people who we can take inspiration from? Without a doubt, these are none other than the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here today, inshallah, in the short time that we have, we're gonna go through five examples, five different scenarios, five different themes, that how we, can be the best possible people that we can be. So we're only going to learn five. So the power of five, as I call it. So we're going to learn, inshallah, five things, five stories of the prophets, where sometimes something didn't go the way it should have gone. 
where there was something to overcome, where there was a lesson to be learned. And inshallah, we will also take benefit from these lessons as well, inshallah. Are we ready, inshallah? Inshallah, let's begin. Number one, the first lesson is about humility. So number one is humility. And we go very befittingly, on the first story, we go to the very beginning of creation, Prophet Adam alayhi salam. So after being created, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, that he tells Hazrat Adam alayhi salam, that live here, uskun anta wa zawjukal jannah, live with the wife here in the gardens, live here. And eat from wherever you want, wala taqaraba hadihi shajara, but do not eat from here, don't go near it. He is told this, Hazrat Adam alayhi salam is told by Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not eat from here, leave this place, do not eat, do not even go near it. Don't even go near it. However, due to the waswasa of shaitan, it causes them to slip. This isn't a sin by any count, this is just a mistake. But shaitan caused them to slip. As the translations tell us, shaitan. And after this, because they went against the command of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them to leave Jannah. And he speaks to Hazrat Adam alayhi salam. And we learn from later surahs in Surah A'raf. The conversation between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Hazrat Adam alayhi salam upon realizing what has happened, immediately he makes tawbah. Often what happens, what happens when we do something wrong? We make a lot of excuses. You know, maybe we've, we've been dishonest in a dealing and we feed ourselves false realities. We feed ourselves false realities, something which is haram. We tell ourselves everyone does it so it's halal. By no way, shape or form does everyone else doing something make something haram, halal, but this is what we tell ourselves. When we miss salah, for example, a lot of people like to make excuses for themselves, believing they're not wrong. Prophet Hazrat Adam alayhi salam, immediately realizing the mistake, turned to Allah and said, Rabbana zalamna anfusana. Oh our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. And if you do not forgive us and have mercy upon us, surely we will be from amongst the losers. Even in this tawbah, there's so much humility, lowering himself before his, before his Rabb. I remember these are the best of people. Lowering himself, saying to Allah, Oh Allah, we have wronged ourselves. Him and Hawa radiallahu anha, making this dua, making this dua, that Oh Allah, forgive us. Now sometimes when we do things wrong, we like to make a lot of excuses amongst ourselves. For example, we miss Asar, we make a number of excuses to justify why we have missed it. We like, a lot of people like to do this, any sin, we like to give it a justification that makes, that in our head makes it okay. However, nothing makes a sin okay. Nothing makes sin okay. But has Adam salam, we learn here upon error, upon falling, Instead of being that person who made excuses, Hazrat Adam alayhi salam, he immediately turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he sought tawbah. And we learn from, from stories of Quran that Hazrat Adam alayhi salam was indeed the best of people. So that was number one. So number one was about humility. Number one was about humility. And we're going to circle back at the end, inshallah. So we'll see if we can remember all five, inshallah. Number two, steadfastness. Being steadfast. And we're going to go a bit ahead now to Prophet Dawood alayhi salam, number two. The Prophet Dawood alayhi salam, something amazing about him was, he had his time split into three. So one part of his schedule 
was dedicated to worship of Allah. Another part was dedicated to helping people, to answering questions. And the third part was towards work, earning a living. And people were well aware of his schedule, of his timings. So on the time when he was worshipping Allah, once two people come over the fence. And he obviously, as anyone would, he became a bit alarmed and said, no, no, don't worry, we're not here to harm you, you have a question. He said, okay, okay, what's the question? So one man, and to cut the story short, one man had 99 sheep, one man had one sheep. And once again, to cut the story short due to limited time, the man who had 99 sheep was demanding that the other man give him his sheep. So the man with one sheep is telling his, his case, pleading his case to Hazrat Dawood And in his haste, in rushing, Hazrat Dawood he fails to listen to the other person's side and immediately tells him that he was wrong. Both these men uh, uh, go up back to the skies and Hazrat Dawood realized that this was a test from Allah. That he should have not been hasteful. He should have not done it in haste. He should have been steadfast. He should have taken his time. Sometimes, sometimes when we rush, sometimes when we do things quick, we tend to get them wrong in many aspects of our life, both spiritual and spiritual and non-spiritual. We rush things, maybe in our salah, maybe in our dealings, maybe in our family life. We rush things and it leads us to make mistakes. However, a believer should always take that one step back. A believer should always take that one step back and never do anything in haste. Why? Because hastiness is from shaitan. Whenever we do anything, for example, if I was sitting here now and I was just, you know, going at the speed of light, no one would understand. No one would understand if anyone was to sit here and to start speaking at like a hyperventilating speed, no one would understand. In Tarawi, Alhamdulillah, I have to say in this masjid, unlike other masajid, Alhamdulillah, the Tarawi is nice. It's a nice pace. But you go to some masajid, Imam's reading at such a pace where it's, the Quran has become unfathomable. However, as a believer, as a Muslim, anything that we do, anything that a person does, he should do it with steadfastness and take his time. Whether it be his ibadah, whether it be some social business deals, it's family life, wherever it may be, a person should always be steadfast. So number one was humility. Number two was steadfastness. So number three, and number three and number four are two parts of the same prophet. So the first part is about hope. And we go to the best of stories. What is the best of stories? Which prophet in Quran is known that his story is the best of stories? Who? Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam, mashaAllah. Now here we are at the beginning of the story. Now Hazrat Yusuf salam, his story is amongst the best in Quran. A very long story. So time doesn't allow for us to go into the whole story. So we're going to pick two parts of the story which are very relevant. Number one, regarding hope. Hazrat Yusuf salam, he's thrown in a well by his own brothers. They deceived their own father. You know, by asking him, why don't you let Yusuf come? And they tell him, They spin a tale, you know, we look after him, we'll play with him. And Ya'qub being so intelligent, said that if, if, if you let him go, I fear that he may be eaten by a wolf. He said, I fear this. 
and they spin this tale that uh, how can how can how would we be eaten by a wolf when there's so many of us? And then they take us to Yusuf alayhi salam, and even then they're not playing with him. Even then they didn't even fulfill half the bargain. And they throw him in a wall. His own brothers. Imagine now it's it's hard when a friend betrays you, when maybe a business partner betrays you. But when your own family betrays you, it's it's hard. And this is probably one of the most relevant ones in today's society. Sadly, how many families, due to the waswasa of shaitan, how many families, due to in the interest of money, in the interest of ulterior motives, will betray their other family members? And at that moment in time, it can be very hard for a person to remain hopeful that if the people closest to them, this is how they are behaving, what hope is there? But Hazrat Yusuf alayhi salam, at the bottom of this well, kept hope in Allah. He kept firm. Even Hazrat Yaqub alayhi salam, when his sons returned at night, saying, Ya Abana, inna dhahabana nastabiku wa tarakna Yusuf inda mata'ina fa'akalahu dhib. And he was eaten by a wolf. The narrations mention that Hazrat Yaqub alayhi salam cried so much that he eventually lost his eyesight. In fact, later in the story, later in the story, his own sons tell him, Father, if you keep crying over Yusuf, you will die. And even at this moment of pain of sadness, Hazrat Yaqub says to his sons, Innama ashku bathi wa huzni ilallah. That he explains to them that I only complain of my sorrows to Allah. And even shortly after in the surah, he also says, Why? Because a person can never lose hope. It's the one thing you can't do. The one thing a person cannot do is use hope in Allah. Why? Because the only people who do that, as mentioned in Quran, the only people who do that are from amongst, amongst from the disbelievers. And no one here wants to be from the disbelievers. You all want to be believers. So even in that moment, when you feel betrayed, when you feel hurt, you feel violated, it happens at one point or another. A person should never lose hope. Look at Prophet Yusuf His brothers did not just only betray him, but they threw him in a well. A young boy, we know from Quran, we learn from stories ahead that Yusuf was the youngest of many. And it wasn't just one brother or two brothers, it was all his brothers. Maybe excluding bin Yamin. Every other brother had betrayed him. So it's not, I'm not talking about one brother. Some, a lot of families maybe it's just the one person. Ten brothers, over eight people are betraying him and have thrown him in a well. But despite this, we must never let this destroy us. We must never ever let anything that happens in our life destroy our hope in Allah. Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Quran, never lose hope in Allah. Because the only ones who lose hope in Allah are those who are from the disbelievers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all from being from amongst these people. So number one was humility. Number two was steadfastness. Number three was hope. Now number four, forgiveness. And we're going to stay with Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam on this one. Now we're going to fast forward a little bit to the end of the story. Now at this point, Hazrat Yusuf alayhi salam, you know, he's been to prison. He's been accused of many things he didn't do. 
He was unjustly imprisoned for many years. Eventually he is released because the king wishes to speak to him about his interpretation of dreams. He speaks about the drought. He speaks about the seven years of food and then the seven years of no food. And then he become, as he says in the beginning of the 13th para, He asked them to place him upon the treasures of the earth. Eventually he is the minister and his brothers come in seek of help. Hazrat Yusuf السلام, is well aware of who his brothers are. They don't know who he is. And then he actually asks them the question, هَلْ عَلِمْتُمْ مَا فَعَلْتُمْ بِيُوسُفَ وَأَخِيهِ وَإِذْ جَاهِلُونَ Do you know what you did with Yusuf when you were ignorant? Now the brothers are shocked now because the only people other than them who knew what happened to Yusuf السلام, was Yusuf السلام, himself. So they actually asked him, Anta Yusuf? Are you Yusuf? He said, Ana Yusuf wa hadha akhi. I am Yusuf. And this is my brother. And at this moment now, his brothers are at his mercy. Now just think for one second. That one action of throwing him in the well, what, what, what did it lead to? He was thrown in a well. He was sold by the travelers. He was attacked by the minister's wife and then accused. Despite his innocence being very clearly proved, he was accused. He was sent to prison for many years and his prison sentence was delayed as the one who was in the prison, Hazrat Yusuf السلام, asked him to plead his case with the king. He had forgotten, so he was there for a lot longer than expected. And then he came out and then he protested his innocence and a lot of harsh, very hard things that happened. A lot of torment, a lot of trauma he had to go through to get to this stage. Often what happens in our family due to their betrayals, it can send you to a very dark place sometimes. It can. It can, it can lead you to a spiral. You know, how, how many people, you know, they're buying land back home and then there's a family member trying to steal it and it's a big headache and it can, it can bring you down. How many family members, you know, sucking the livelihood from another person. It can be very daunting. A family member conspiring against another. This can be very hurtful. This can very bring down a person's character. This can very much bring down a person's character. And at this moment, Hazrat Yusuf السلام, had the opportunity and the right to take revenge, to avenge himself and the tears of his father. What does the Nabi of Allah السلام, say? La there will be no blame upon you today. He says, Allah will forgive you. On that moment, where it probably hurt, he was hurt the most, seeing the perpetrators in front of him, his own family. The opportunity was there to take revenge. He had the power, he had the means, he had the opportunity. Instead, our beloved Nabi, Hazrat Yusuf السلام, forgave his brothers. And even Hazrat Yaqub السلام, just before the end of the surah, a page and a half before, also forgives them. Their sons seek forgiveness from the father. Ya abana, lana inna kunna and he forgives them and he says, soon I will ask Allah to forgive you as well. Sometimes it may be very hard and I cannot drill this enough. I cannot 
emphasize this enough. And this has been said many times here. That sometimes, yes, it may be very hard. But until a person learns to forgive, if a person cannot forgive, he will never be set free. You can take the option if you want. If you really want, take the option. If you think it help, take the option. But it won't help. The best thing, the best thing for a person to do is to forgive. I'm not saying things have to be the same after that. I'm not saying they have to go back to the way they were. However, the first step to internal freedom is that a person learns to forgive. May Allah make us amongst the people, amongst the likeness of Hazrat Yusuf salam, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people who can forgive. So number one was humility. Number two was steadfastness. Number three was hope. Number five was forgiveness. We have a few minutes left. So inshallah we'll have one more. And we go to now the best of people. The best of the best. The best of the Anbiya alayhim salam none other than our beloved Nabi, Hazrat Mustafa Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the migration. And the last topic is about adaptation. Now at this point in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, life in Makkah al-Mukarramah was becoming unbearable. The situation was not working. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had lost his beloved Umm al-Mu'mineen, Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha. He lost his uncle Abu Talib. The Quraysh now tormenting the Muslims at such a degree where it's becoming unbearable. And then when the delegation came from Medina Munawwara at the time, Silkul Yathrib, asking the Prophet to join them in, in, at the time, Yathrib. Now, did the Prophet ever want to leave Makkah al Mukarramah? Of course not. If as the Prophet left, he turned and said, if my people had not driven me out, I would never forsaken you. This is very hard for the Prophet However, at that moment in time, it was becoming an improbability, an impossibility to pray freely in Makkah. It was becoming hard to be a Muslim and open in Makkah. So for the situation, Yes, there was some short-term pain in leaving, but for the long-term progression of Islam, the Prophet and the Sahaba Kiram, radiallahu anhum ajma'een, they left. Now, let me ask you, if I, if I told you, you know, get all your stuff from Birmingham and go to London, assuming you find a house with the prices today, but if I told you, pick up your belongings and go to London, it'd be very difficult. Maybe not for everyone, but for a lot of people, this, this city is all we know. This city is all we know. And imagine these people. Imagine these people. That they left everything behind and they came to this, this new strange land. But I ask you the question now. Was their migration for the progress of Islam successful? Are you guys in doubt? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. The answer, what is the answer? Yes. And how do we know this? We're all here today, Alhamdulillah. We're all here today, Alhamdulillah. That one action. That one action. So I will finish here. Now these people, what were they? They were just one thing that made them the best. They were Muslims. So we're asking the question to circle back around. In a world where we can be anything, 
Well, you can be anything you want, just be one thing. Be a Muslim. Who will do this, inshallah? We will all do this, inshallah. Make the intention, inshallah. I know we already are Muslims, but the point I'm trying to make is in our, in our continued journey of being a Muslim, and this might sound a bit confusing, but be a Muslim. And if you why? Because if you only do what you can do, you'll never be more than you are right now. If you only do what you can do, you'll never be more than you are right now. Like in all these stories, the prophets always wanted to be better. In the story of humility, in steadfastness, in hope, in forgiveness, and in adaptation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all the best Muslims we can be. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all our struggles, accept all our migrations, accept all our efforts. Jazakumullah khaira. I thank you for listening very attentively. And Jazakallah to the masjid for allowing me to come sit and listen uh, and to speak and offer the words from the sunnah. Jazakumullah khaira. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Shadawalla ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa tubi alaykum. Inshallah if everyone could just move forward as much as possible as well to make space for the brothers of the back. Jazakumullah khaira.